0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. As you know, the Lord had commissioned first the 12 disciples, and after this the church, the the Lord commissioned the 72 and sent them before his face to prepare the way for his ministry. And today, actually, the first Sunday of the blessed month of Abib, and since the feast of the apostles comes on the fifth of Abib, so usually the first Sunday of Abib comes around the feast of the apostle, or like this year, on the same day of the feast of the apostle. That's why the church chose this gospel from Luke chapter 10 to be the reading for today about the commission of the 70 apostles. Uh, and, and i like to wish you all a very blessed and happy feast. And we pray that the Lord may give us the spirit of our fathers, the apostles, <clears throat> in order to be witnesses for Christ in our life, and may, through their prayers, God bless the ministry in this city, in this diocese, and all the churches of God everywhere in the world. And in the commission of the 70 uh, disciples, there are many principles that are very, very important to the clergy, to the Sunday school servants, and also to every believer and every member in the body of Christ. And I will go quickly over these principles. The first principle, we find that the Lord sent them two by two. Although he he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few, so we may wonder why God sent them two by two. If they are 72, then they are sent to 36 places. But if the harvest is plenty, why the Lord did not send them one by one so they can go to 72 places instead of 36? At least there are two important reasons. Number one, we as human beings, we have tendency to control especially when we are in power so when i am alone by myself then and i have this authority this can actually turn uh, or make me turn to be a controller but when god sent them two by two in order actually to serve together, they need humbleness. So the Lord actually sent them two by two to ensure that they are humble. Many times when we have one servant, he can serve very well. But if we put two servants together, then conflict starts to arise. The same in any family. Why we have family conflict? Because the spouse don't know how to work together and how to be humble. But everyone wants his opinion to be done, his will to be done. That's why, because of this power struggle, they clash and they fight with each other. So the Lord sent them two by two to ensure their humbleness. They are humble. Also, two by two to support one another. As the book of Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one. So, yes, there are many challenges in the service. So when they go two by two, they can support one another. And we can apply the same in the family. If we understand that God said about Adam, it is not good for Adam to be alone. Let us create a helper fit for him. Then his intention that both of them, the husband and wife, to support one another, not to fight with one another. Then he told them, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Any ministry without prayer will be failing. Prayer is the foundation of any ministry. We pray that God send deliverers to the harvest. We pray that God support us by his grace in our ministry. We pray that the Lord put on our mouth the word that he wants to deliver to his people. Pray for the lost sheep. Pray for the non-believers. Pray for the unity. Pray for the strong faith. Pray that we will fight for the sound doctrine and will not allow any diluted doctrine or any wrong teaching enter into the church. Prayer is a very important element in ministry. Even the Lord Jesus Christ himself gives us an example. Several times he went to the mountain and spent all the night in prayer in his ministry. Then the Lord told them, there are challenges in the the ministry. And one of the many challenges in the ministry, you will deal with difficult people. Whether difficult people who are non-believers and persecute us, or even difficult people from among uh, our congregation." But the Lord made a very important principle. He told them, I send you out as lambs among wolves. So, when you are dealing with the wolves, don't change your nature. Keep your nature as a lamb. Some people, when they deal with difficult people, either from outside the church or from the church, they change their character they don't they are not lambs anymore they become wolves also and these humble meek people they lost their character one of the beautiful words that saint ignatius the disciple of saint peter said or the disciple of saint john said that God sent us as lambs among wolves so that the wolves may devour and eat us then the wolves will turn into lambs the way actually to turn the wolves into lambs by keeping your humbleness and your meekness if you lose this then we'll end up with two wolves. St. Paul, before his conversion, was like a wolf, persecuting the church, murdering people. St. Stephen was Elam. And St. Stephen did not change his nature. He continued to be Elam and prayed for those who were stoning him. And this angelic image of this Lamb, St. Stephen, was one of the uh, goods that pierced the heart of St. Paul. And he remembered this later on after his conversion and testified about the meekness of St. Stephen whom he approved He's killing. Don't lose your nature as a lamb if you are dealing with wolves. Then, he told them in ministry, you need actually to put your trust in God. Don't trust in money. Don't trust in connection. Don't trust in privileged people. Trusting God. That's why He told them, carry neither money back, knapsack, nor sandals. One of the beautiful stories here, apparently Mark, San Mark, kept this verse literally. So when he went to Egypt, he did not take with him another sandal. Because the Lord told them carry neither money back, knapsack, or sandals. So after he arrived at Egypt, his sandal was torn. If Saint, if Saint Mark took with him another sandal, he would replace the torn one with the other one, and that's it. But he didn't have another sandal. So he started to look for a shoemaker to repair his sandals. And he found Ineanus. And it turned out that Inianus became the first patriarch after St. Mark for the Coptic church. And his house became the first church in Alexandria. So, he trusted in God. And because of this trust, actually, this was the first uh, a stone in the Coptic Orthodox Church. Trust only in the Lord. Then he told them uh, don't greet anyone along the road. And he told them also stay in the same house and don't move from house to house. Why? The Lord wanted them to eliminate any distractions, to focus only on their mission. They were sent to preach the good news of salvation. Don't be distracted and lose your time in social activities, going from here to here, from one house to house. Focus on your ministry, focus on your calling. Each one of us was created for a certain purpose. Don't let the world distract you. Now we are living in a world that has a lot of distraction. When you look for a certain news on the internet, actually it can take you from one page to another page to another page and you can lose a lot of time. Many many of us waste time. But the Lord actually instructed the apostles eliminate all distractions, focus on your ministry, focus on your calling. Then the Lord told them your ministry is ministry of peace, ministry of repentance. And Ministry of Healing. Ministry of Peace told them, But whatever house you enter first say, peace to this house. Ministry of Healing, he told them, Heal the sick in, in, in this city. And Ministry of Repentance tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. Hear the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So we as servants, we need to remember these three things. The servant of God should be a peacemaker. Should not be a contentious person and trigger conflict and contention with people. Peace to this house. Even if the people are not peaceful, the Lord told them, remain peaceful. And if the Son of Peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. But continue to be peaceful. Don't turn to be a contentious person. Ministry of repentance. Our goal actually to say to the people, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Salvation is close to you. Open your heart. Receive the Lord. Repent. Salvation is possible. Salvation is easy and accessible. Salvation is close to you. God became man in order to make us children of God. So, we should not do like the scribes and Pharisees who make salvation is like impossible for the people and burden the people with heavy burdens. We need actually to give this message Don't fear little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God is for you. And the third, heal the sick. The Lord actually gave the apostles the power of healing. Healing, physical healing, spiritual healing, and uh, psychological healing. Regarding physical healing we have one of the sacraments the unction of the sick and we pray for the sick people but at the end we trust the economy of God. If God sees it is for the best interest of this person to be healed definitely he will be healed by the power of this sacrament the unction of the sick. But if it is God economy, it's not in the best interest of this person to be healed, then let it be according to the will of God. And this gift of healing doesn't replace seeking medical advice. As we read in Sirach chapter 33, he said, Pray, repent, offer a good offering when you are sick. But go to the physician because physicians are created by God and he gives healing at their hand. So this is the ministry. Ministry of healing, ministry of uh, peace, and ministry of repentance. What about those who reject us? And they don't accept. We are dealing peaceful with them, but they are not children of peace. We tell them about the repentance, but they don't want to hear about God. So the Lord told us, for those who do not accept you, so wipe off the dust that clanked to your feet, and tell them, the very dust of your city which clings us in clings to us will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know that the kingdom of God has come near to you. So what does it mean? Means two things at least. Wiping off the dust means that this dust will be a witness in the day of judgment, that God sent his disciples, his apostles, his messengers, to your city, but you rejected. So don't say, we never heard about the word of salvation. This dust will be witness against you. But also has another meaning, that the servants of God, they they are not seeking any gain behind this. We are not seeking uh, money, or seeking uh, privilege, or seeking uh, connections. No, no. Even the dust that clings to our feet, we don't want it. We come to you because we are messenger of Christ. And we are carrying this message to you that God loves you. And he is sending the kingdom of God to you to inherit the kingdom of God. To be part of it. And to take this freely. That's why he told them, after you you wipe off the the dust, tell them, nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come to you. So if you accept it, God will will, uh, forgive you. But if you continue to reject the kingdom of God, then it is you who rejected it. It's not God actually who kicked you out of the kingdom. The kingdom has come near to you, but it is you who rejected the kingdom of God. So don't complain and say, why God allow some people to go to the lake of the fire? Simply because they rejected the kingdom of God. And the Lord gave a warning that these people who rejected the kingdom of God will be in worse situation even than Sodom and Gomorrah. He said it will be more terrible in that day, that day for Sodom than for this city. And to comfort the apostle, he told them, don't take this rejection personally. Because sometimes we as servants, we take things personally. No, he told us, don't take it personally. He who hears you, hears me. And he who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him, the Father who sent me. So don't take it personally. Don't take the glory personally, or don't take the rejection personally. When people honor the clergy or the servants of God, we should not take it personally personally. It is the honor of God. It's not ours. In the same way, the insult or the rejection, they do it to God, not to us. When God appeared to St. Paul on the road to Damascus, he didn't tell him, soul, soul, why do you persecute my church or my people? He told him, why do you persecute me? So any rejection, any insult is directed toward Christ, and the Father, not toward the servant. Then the Lord told them, Whatever house you enter, stay at that house, and eat from the things that are set before you, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. So in this word, the Lord put two important principles. The first principle, that the laborer is worthy of his wages. As St. Paul said, if we give you the spiritual things, is it too much to ask for physical things? But with this principle, the Lord made another principle, which is very important. That the laborers, those who work in the field of God, should be content. That's why he said, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are said before you. Whatever they said before you, eat it. Don't say, no, I don't like this, I like that. It's not only about food, but it's about anything else. Don't be demanding. Don't use your uh, authority To burden the people with demands that are beyond their ability. Whatever they offer to you, accept. But be content. And St. Paul, as a servant of God, he said, I learned to be content. I exercised to be content. I learned how to be hungry and how to be full. So, If nothing is offered, I will be hungry and I will be thankful to the Lord. If they offered me something, I will eat it and I will thank God. Again, it's not about food. It's about all the needs of the servant. Because their trust is in God, not in money or anything else. So it's a message that the laborer is worthy of his wages, but also the laborers should be content. Should be content. Then the Lord gave the the apostles authority. He told them, I give you, behold, I give you the authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions means to trample on all the power of of the demon, of the Satan, the devil. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. We should have this confidence. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So nothing will hurt me. Unless if God allowed this. And if God allowed this, it will be for my best interest. We should not be worried. We should not be anxious. We should have this peace in our heart. That our life is in his hand. Satan cannot hurt me. Satan may fight against me, but he cannot hurt me. And whatever happens, It will be by the permission of God and to the best interest of the person. And the Lord prophesied about how the kingdom of heaven, sorry, the kingdom of the demons will fall down. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Yes. Unfortunately, at the end of the days, Satan will be released again in in the final attempt to restore his kingdom. But at the end of this period, the Son of God will completely destroy him and he will be thrown into the lake of fire. But even during this time, before the end of the days in which Satan will be released, God will be with His people, because He told us, Behold, I will be with you all the days of your life. I will be with you always, unto the end of the ages. So even during this difficult time, we should not be afraid or scared. The last point, when the disciples returned and gave a report to the Lord, they were happy, because... He told him, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Yes, they received power over the demons. But the Lord made a very important principle. Don't rejoice over miracles that you can cast out demons, that you can move mountains, that you can heal the sick. Rejoicing over these things can make you fall into pride and vain glory. But the real joy of a servant, that his name is written in the book of life. That's why he told them, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. This is the joy of a servant, that my name is written in the book of life. I have inheritance in the kingdom of God. So, these are just summary of the principles that the Lord gave to the 70 before sending them to serve and to preach the good news. And as I said in the beginning, these principles are very important to us, the clergy, to Sunday school servants, and actually... To every believer, these are principles that we should apply in our life and keep uh, uh, them in our ministry. May the blessings and prayers of St. Peter, St. Paul, and all my father the apostles, be with all of us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.